the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. And Jesus had quoted scripture in response to Satan's first temptation, so Satan decides he's going to use scripture to try to convince Jesus to sin. There's a lesson here for us, and that is that Satan knows the Bible better than you or I. And he's an expert in twisting what it means. A rather ominous thought as we begin another edition of Study Verse by Verse, an outreach ministry of Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. More about the church is on the web at highlands.us. I'm Mike Trout, and our teacher is Pastor Leighton Sheely. He's the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands, and he continues in the book of Matthew and begins with Satan using that knowledge of Scripture and twisting it as he challenges Jesus. And so what Satan wanted to do was have Jesus use his divine power in the wrong way at the wrong time to meet his own personal needs rather than fulfill his God-given mission. And there's a lesson here for us in that when we put our physical needs above and ahead of our spiritual needs, we sin. And if we allow circumstances to dictate our actions instead of following God's will, we sin. Now, Jesus did not use his divine powers to overcome the enemy. That's exactly what the enemy wanted him to do. Instead, he used the same spiritual resources that are available to us today. The power of God's Holy Spirit and the power of the Word of God. It is written. And Jesus saw through Satan's scheme. And you notice he didn't get into a discussion with Satan. That was the mistake that Eve made. He just answered from Scripture, this is what's written. And he quoted from Deuteronomy 8.3. It is written, man shall not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Verse 5. Then the devil took him to the holy city and set him on the pinnacle of the temple and said to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down. For it is written, he will command his angels concerning you, and on their hands they will bear you up, lest you strike your foot against a stone. Now, the temple was the tallest building in the area. In fact, Josephus wrote about its enormous height. Uh, we're told in one of the corners, it was a sheer drop of 450 feet into the ravine below. That's about 45 stories. And uh, Jesus had quoted scripture in response to Satan's first temptation. So Satan decides he's going to use scripture to try to convince Jesus to sin. There's a lesson here for us. And that is that Satan knows the Bible better than you or I. And he's an expert in twisting what it means. And if you get into a conversation with him, you're going to lose. Many times I've heard preachers take verses out of context and twist them to support some personal agenda. And that's why one of the reasons we at Church of the Highlands tend to study through books of the Bible is because we want to know where those verses are and what they say and what they mean and how they apply. Because the meaning and application of a verse is derived from its context in Scripture. Now, Satan began 
with a question. If you are the son of God, and he's not suggesting doubt here. He's saying, since you're God's son, God will certainly protect you from harm. So throw yourself down off the pinnacle so that God will send his angels to protect you. And then he quotes from scripture, imperfectly, of course. Psalm chapter 91, verses 11 and 12. Psalm 91 describes God's protection for those who trust and love him. In that psalm, Psalm 91, verse 14 says, Because he holds fast to me in love, I will deliver him. We show love to God by our obedience. And so when a child of God is obedient and in the will of God, the Father will protect him. He watches over those who are in his ways. And so Satan was quoting scripture out of context, making it sound as though God protects even through sin, removing the natural consequences of sinful behavior. It is important for us to know and realize that we are under God's protection only when we are in his ways doing his will. Verse 7, Jesus said to him, again it is written, you shall not put the Lord your God to the test. So again, he's not going to enter into discussion with Satan about this. And he quoted scripture with the true meaning. Verse 8, again, the devil took him to a very high mountain, showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their glory. And he said to him, all of these I will give you if you will fall down and worship me. Then Jesus said to him, be gone, Satan, for it is written, you shall worship the Lord your God and him only shall you serve. Notice that Satan is the ruler of this world. Uh, Luke records Satan's words in this temptation as, To you I will give their glory and all this authority, for it has been given over to me, and I give it to anyone I please. So Satan offered to give dominion over the world to Jesus, and he knew that Jesus one day would rule over the world. In fact, that was the reason that Jesus set aside his glory and came to gather the nations into the kingdom of God. But according to the plan of God, before he sits on that throne, he has to hang on the cross. And what the devil here is offering is a shortcut. Jesus can bypass the suffering of the cross. The offer challenged Jesus' obedience to God's timing and will. What Satan, in essence, was doing was saying, why wait? I can give this to you now. What do you say we negotiate? Maybe compromise a little. Why don't we come to terms? Let's make a deal. Of course... He would never really give them away because every offer that Satan has, has a catch. Satan always has a catch when he makes an offer. In this case, it was Jesus would have to fall down and worship him. And if he did that, then Jesus and everything he had, including the dominion, would actually still belong to Satan. Satan's demand is indeed the essence of sin. Because sin's desire is to cast off God's will and do it some other way. You know, Satan still uses the same methods today because they work. He offers prestige and power and prosperity, and then he controls those who worship them. And many a rock star has sold their soul for fame and fortune. John the Apostle wrote, Do not love the world or the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. For all that is in the world, the desires of the flesh and the desires of the eyes and the pride of life, is not from the Father, but is from the world. And the world is passing away along with its desires. 
But whoever does the will of God abides forever. And so we, we must resist temptations the same way that Jesus did. And if you find yourself craving for something the world is offering, then perhaps you need to quote the verse that Jesus quoted. Worship the Lord your God and serve him only. You know, we have this insight from Isaiah 14 that Satan's goal has always uh, been to replace God as the object of worship. Isaiah 14 reads, How you have fallen from heaven, O morning star, son of the dawn. You've been cast down to the earth, you who once laid low the nations. You said in your heart, I will ascend to heaven. I will raise my throne above the stars of God. I will sit enthroned on the Mount of Assembly, on the utmost heights of the sacred mountain. I will ascend above the tops of the clouds. I will make myself like the Most High. Isaiah 14. Satan has always wanted worship because Satan has always wanted to be God. Jesus quotes from Deuteronomy, dismissing Satan. Then the devil left him, and behold, angels came and were ministering to him. Luke tells us and clarifies that, it, that Satan left until an opportune time. There was going to be an ongoing skirmish. But really, the temptations boil down to a choice between God and Satan. And no one can serve both. From Jesus' temptation, we can learn that following the Lord can result in intense spiritual battles. That means that being a Christian doesn't always feel good. Sometimes we experience deprivation and loneliness and hostility. We also learn that not all of our spiritual victories are visible. But what it shows most of all is that we need the power of God to face temptation and to not try to withstand it in our own strength. We cannot resist the devil in our own strength. Our power has to come from the Holy Spirit. Jesus was guided and empowered by the Holy Spirit through these temptations, and that Holy Spirit is available to us. Now, none of us will ever attain the perfection of Christ in this life, but we can look to him as an example and model of a life lived in the Spirit. We should remember that temptation itself is not sin, but it can become sin if we give in and disobey God. And the fact of the matter is, all of us, from time to time, are tempted. And sometimes we win, and sometimes we lose. So how then should we respond? Well, when we win, we should praise God, that his work of his word and his spirit within us has given us the opportunity to overcome that temptation, whatever it is. When we win, praise God. When we lose, praise God. Praise God. Praise God that his mercies are new every morning. Praise God, his word says, if we confess our sin, he is faithful and just to forgive us our sin and cleanse us from all unrighteousness. Whether we win or lose, always praise God. Always press into God. This temptation made Jesus the perfect high priest. The high priest is the mediator between God and man. And Jesus is the perfect mediator between God and man because he is the God-man. He is God who became a man. Hebrews chapter 4 says, Since then we have a great high priest 
who has passed through the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our confession. For we do not have a high priest who is unable to sympathize with our weaknesses, but one who in every respect has been tempted as we are, and yet without sin. Let us then with confidence draw near to the throne of grace that we may receive mercy and find grace to help in time of need. We need God's grace and mercy all the time. But we need it even more when we failed in a temptation. And what the scripture says is he understands our struggles. He understands because he's been tempted in every way as we are yet without sin. So when you come to Jesus in prayer saying thank you and maybe asking forgiveness, he understands. Very comforting words as we bring to a close another message in this series from the book of Matthew with Pastor Leighton Sheely, the senior pastor at Church of the Highlands in San Bruno. This is an outreach called Study Verse by Verse. More details about the church are on the web at highlands.us. You can ask any question you'd like when you click on the contact link. And if you'd like to join with us as a financial partner, you can give safely on the website. Again, highlands.us. We'll begin a new message in this series tomorrow. I hope you can join us as we once again open the Word of God and study verse by verse.